0: now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from the Chris Voss Show.com. The Chris Voss Show.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. Be sure to go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss and hit that bell notification so you can see all the wonderful videos we do of all the brilliant authors and, of course, product reviews we do as well and technology, et cetera, et cetera. YouTube.com forward slash Chris Voss. And uh, make sure you subscribe, share that video out. You get to see the wonderful, video that we're having today with a brilliant author of multiple books. Uh, The other thing that you should do is go to goodreads.com. Follow me over there. It's goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss. We've got a group we're building up there for a book club. Also, we have a Facebook book club as well. If you want to join me over there, you can just go to Facebook forward slash Chris Voss and send me a message and I'll invite you. Uh, Also, refer your friends, neighbors, relatives, dogs, cats. Uh, Get everyone in on the show, thecvpn.com or Chris Podcast Network.com. Today, our brilliant author, because we always have brilliant authors, I can't think of one day that we have not had a brilliant author on, uh, but the brilliant author we have on today is Heather She uh, She's the author of Bears and Ballots, an Alaskan adventure in small-town politics. Uh, at, and she's written a number of different books from one I understand. We'll get into that here in a second, but she's written many essays and stories, mostly about life and sometimes death in Haynes, Alaska. They've been widely distributed from the Anchorage Daily News, Christian Science Monitor, to NPR, and Country Living. She's a former contributing writer at Women's Day Magazine, and for over 20 years has written some 500 obituaries for the Chill Cat Valley News in Haynes, I believe that's the uh, title. Uh, she's the author of best-selling memoirs, Find the Good, If You Lived Here, I Know Your Name, and Take Good Care of the Garden and the Dogs. Uh, welcome to the show, Heather. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm great, Chris. This is really fun to be here with you.
0: Thank you. It's fun Did you take the time to come here. I'm looking at the bio on your website, and you've got some cute uh, uh, golden retrievers. Is that what those are?
1: Yeah, they're, they're sometimes cute, and sometimes they're <laughs> wet, and they roll in fish, and they're not so endearing. But yes, oh boy. I have two uh, gold retrievers.
0: <laughs> I've never had the fish smell. I've had the rolling in poop smell on the with to my two Siberians and everything else, the wet dog thing. But yeah, yeah, fish. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, salmon. You know, they spawn oh. and die, and so that can be oh, challenge. I had
0: the skunk once too. That's always a fun two weeks. Really. Well,
1: the, the real the real fun one is bear poop.
0: <laughs> really. Yeah. Wow.
1: Don't even talk to me about it.
0: <laughs> Note to self, never get boop, uh, bear poop anywhere. No. Speaking of bears, let's talk about your book. You've written this wonderful book. Uh, give us your plugs where people can find you on the interwebs first.
1: I'm, I'm really easy to find. It's just heatherlendy.com. If you just Google my name, I have a website, and I blog, and there's pictures, and it's kind of chatty about uh, you know, life in Haines. So, And the books are found anywhere books are sold, and, and most libraries, too.
0: Check out your local bookstores and, uh, you know, wherever you want to take and buy the book. Of course, you can get it at the big vendors. Uh, Heather, uh, what motivated you want to write this book?
1: Well, um, the, the book is about my my three-year term on the Haynes Borough Assembly. And um, Haynes is a small town in Alaska, and and we're, we're called a borough. I, I don't know why. It's like New York City or whatever. But Alaska has boroughs the way other places have counties. And actually, in very small places like Haynes, the borough and the city or whatever, it's just the same thing. So it's just think of it as your local city council, but it's the borough government. And um, I ran in 2016, the same year that um, uh, Trump was elected and served for three years until 2019. And um, I didn't at first uh, plan on writing about it at all, but because I just sort of write about what happens in Haynes and, and life here, uh, it it I found it to be pretty interesting and inspiring and challenging. And I thought that my time in local government here both illuminates you know, what life is like in a small town and what government actually does. And the people like me who are just amateurs doing the best we can. And also um, it, it started to reflect uh, some of the issues that we saw nationally, the divisions and uh, some of that stuff that was going on. And, and um, especially when it took sort of a nasty turn um, and we recovered from it, but it was a boom, boom. I I thought, well, maybe there is a story here and maybe it could be helpful uh, for anybody to, to know a little bit more about both what local government does, what life in a small town is like, but also how we treat each other and our elected officials and um, what's the better way to do that.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And is it also a journey of like uh, where someone like, uh, someone who wants to get into politics, just, just to help out the local community on a local scale. I mean, I don't know, maybe you had a grand vision of becoming president someday. It's, <laughs> no. It's still time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I I think it kind of shows what that journey is like is, uh, for some people in, you know, just trying to help out the community and then finding maybe the toxicity and stuff like that.
1: Yes, and I I think too, you know, I I bumbled into stuff. I went in very idealistically and thought, you know, I was going to save the world and everybody would be very happy about all my decisions and that quickly went south. Um, And um, I learned a lot. And so I thought I would share, you know, what I learned about about participating in in local government, about how to do that, about the importance of it. And so there's you know, the stories are all mixed up with um, family and community and then some practical things about how to govern, like simply learning Robert's rules of order and and um, how to conduct yourself in a, in a public meeting. So I don't know. I, I think I, I'm pleased that it actually inspired some people to run for office in our in our local election. Um, uh, a young young woman who was 32, a clerk at the liquor store. She just ran and won a seat on the assembly. And there you go. Um, yeah, and then a, and a, and a younger guy who um, uh, also co-owns his family's grocery store. He's now the new mayor. Wow. Uh, so I felt like, you know, I, I, as much as there was some really harrowing times for me emotionally, uh, I, I apparently didn't scare off too many people, and, and um, people are excited about running for office in Haines and, and hopefully running for office wherever you live.
0: What's the population of Haines, Alaska?
1: It's um, officially it's 2,500, uh, but that's a little bit, that makes us sound bigger than we are because of our isolation. We're a ferry ride or a small plane flight from Juneau, Alaska. It's about a four and a half hour ferry trip, 45 minute flight. Um, And we have a road that goes out into the interior of Alaska, but it's, you hit the Canadian border 40 miles out of town. It's British Columbia, then the Yukon and huge wilderness area. Then you end up in Haynes Junction, which has 600 people. And if you keep going for another couple hours, you end up in Whitehorse. Which is a bigger city of about 20,000. But the border's been closed now for <laughs> <since> March. <laughs> and no it's sign of when it's going to open again. But it's... um. So the town is, everything's contained. Like we don't, you can't drive to Target or there's no outside of town. There's no movie theaters, there's no chain stores. Everything is all the grocery, we have three grocery stores, they're local. My family owns a hardware store in a lumber yard. Um, The newspaper is a local paper. The radio station is a a local uh, public affiliate of the Alaska Public Broadcasting Network. The school, we have one school K through 12 and there's about 275 kids. That wow. attend school um, including uh, four of my grandchildren mm-hmm. um, it's uh, very active politically <laughs> everybody's involved on committees or organizations or nonprofits from you know the library and the swim team to uh, sportsman's association and volunteer EMTs and uh, it's also uh, probably I think the most beautiful place in the world you know there it's you
2: go is it. beautiful
1: and uh, and it's not a, it's a relatively uh, poor community. Um, we, we don't have a whole, you know, there's fishermen, working people, merchants, some people work are for the state, federal government, you know, those are good jobs here. Um, uh, you know, free lunch program for the kids at school, that, that kind of thing. People, uh, you know, m- make do here and um, the economy is always an issue. And then, like you know, you said. I think you said you were in Utah or Las Vegas. You know how the West is. It's uh, mainly many, many of the issues um, hinge on resource development or protection. Or you know, that that's our, our big, our big discussions or our arguments tend to tend to focus right along those lines: logging and mining, and you know what happens and what's the values of our community and how many jobs do we need. It. That's a that's a pretty much a perennial. Uh, argument
0: here. There you go. So you talk in the arc of the book about how you you take on this journey, this idealistic sort of thing, where I'm going to run for office and give a crap about what's going on in my community and and try and improve it. And I think a lot of people do that with good intentions, uh, even if it's like the HOA board, which are a bunch of morons. <laughs> excuse me. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they're different in your community, uh, but. Uh,
1: we don't uh, have an I, HOA board.
0: Here. <laughs> You're very lucky. I lo- I come from Vegas where everything is HOA. It's no, we don't a,
1: even, I don't know, we don't even have any homeowners yeah. associations. We don't uh, know what those are the, our whole town is basically dated You
0: want to write another great book on uh, uh malignant narcissism and <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. Move to Vegas and uh, get an HOA, which is anywhere you live. Uh and then you'll meet some really interesting people and you'll have you'll have volumes. Anyway, um, so in the book, you talk about the arc of you go through this, you, you run for office, you win office, and how long are you in office for?
1: Three years. Mm-hmm.
0: And then there's actually somewhere in there uh, <laughs> yeah. that they try and remove you from office.
1: Yes. Some yeah, of like right out. away, pretty much. Really? Um, the story was, there was, I think there was six of us running for two seats, and the way our uh, local assembly works is that just the top two vote getters get the seats. There's not precincts or anything. So six people were threw their hat in the ring and the two with the most votes won. And that was myself and the editor of the local newspaper, Tom Warford. Um, and so, you know, right away we're more liberal and um, the people whose candidates lost and some of the candidates that lost got really angry. And they said, we're going to, we're going to recall you. We're getting you out of here. The wrong people voted, big trouble. And it all also, you know, hinge then of course on the national election with mm. Trump and, and, and Hillary and how how did how did the rest of the country get it right? Haynes got it wrong. We went the wrong way, you know, and people were pretty angry. Um and and there was a bunch of decisions that were made within the first month I was on the assembly. One concerned a harbor vote, another one that was the manager was fired. And all of a sudden by Christmas the recall was starting. <laughs> and so um I spent I, I barely got on the assembly before three of us were being challenged and called misconduct and all kinds of terrible things that we had done and um and that process lasted almost nine months it kind of dragged out because you had 30 days for this filing and 60 for that and and it was like the whole time we were governing then every time anybody disagreed with the decision you we made well then they could sign the recall petition so it just kind of went like
0: that. so you just kind of keep adding votes <laughs> as you go yeah.
1: I mean, you do. that's what's Every going on right. oh, well, there goes another signature there goes
0: another signature <laughs> um, <laughs> you're sitting at you the committee meetings and the people <laughs> that come into the mic yeah, are yelling yeah. at you you're like and oh, they you're...
1: would say that they say okay we're gonna recall you now <laughs> and i'd be like oh and they'd say if you don't do that i'll go re- oh, oh, no and then um uh you know and i i say it's funny now it wasn't funny when i was involved. sure almost it really uh sort of cut me to the the quick because as you mentioned i i um I've written a lot of obituaries. I'm involved in the community in a lot of ways. I have five children that we've raised here. We have business, um, you know, library board, hospice, those kind of things that I do. And I just thought that goodwill um, would would carry the day. And, and also, you know, I, I write about life here and my other books really, in, in many ways, were all love letters to the community. And, you know, this wonderful small town and the perfect, rural <laughs> not perfect, but, you know, pretty darn good, you know? And um, uh, this one really sort of shook me, uh, And but I, I came out on the other side. Um, thankfully, the recall didn't um, happen and um, got more votes in the second election than I did in the first. But more importantly, it wasn't just about me. The, the town rejected that argument.
0: Mm-hmm. Because yeah, because they didn't go through them. No,
1: and the, and the two other guys, that Tom and then an artist, of course, a local artist, were also um, up for recall, and it was basically even 60 40. We the town just said no, that we didn't agree with the way to do that. And then, of course, you had to kind of couldn't just quit, then <laughs> you had to suck it up and go two more years, you know, with these same people in the front row going, I think we need another recall petition, you know, and you're like, uh. but wow. um, you know, it's I had interesting. To learn a lot.
0: It's interesting about the book because it, it, it it's a microcosm of what's going on nationally is what you write about. And and the toxicity in politics, was it always this way in that little town or did a lot of this get set off by the divisive man that seems to have won in, or stolen election in 2016? Well,
1: you know, I was, um, I was in the swimming pool. I, I swim early in the morning. We have a community pool indoors, of course, it's Alaska. And there's the early bird swim is at like six o'clock and there's, one of my favorite swimmers is Joni Schneider and she's a retired public health nurse. And she's like, I think she just turned 90, 91. And she's always at the pool in the mornings. And when I told her, you know, after I got on the assembly and we were talking, I said, Joni, I don't know. How, how did I ever get myself in this situation? She said, Heather, you wrote about it in your first book. You said that you said way back. And if you lived here, that 50% of the people in Haines are happy 50% of the time. And that's, you're never going to please everybody here. You want to know better, and I was like, "Oh, Joni, you're right." She said, "This has been like this forever around here," and 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 I I guess I hadn't thought about that, but I do think I think the the way where Haynes is is and and probably other small towns too, but 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 where there's hope is that even though we might have had these pretty kind of nasty disagreements that happened on Facebook or social media, like you see now or people saying stuff that isn't true and, and mean to each other on all sides. You know, it goes, when people get mad, they really get mad. Um What I, my favorite part of the book is the little breaks in between each, each chapter that list what we've actually done, the manager and the committee, ah. reports, you know? and Yeah. Like uh, I, I love these Um <laughs> because it, in the midst of all the turmoil, it it sort of um, uh, lets people know like what we were we were actually doing. Like um, the harbor staff reports that after beaching the Letnikov Cove Harbor float, they discovered some damage, but it should be repairable. Uh, the finance department reports that tax statements are at the printers and should be distributed next week. The construction at the wastewater treatment plant is ahead of schedule, and um, you know, or even. One of my favorites is there's an ongoing discussion of an outhouse at Mosquito Lake that takes up. It's probably on every meeting that we had. And even after three years, we never did get that outhouse built (laughs) over
2: over, over the discussions
1: of maintenance, who was going to maintain the outhouse. So that was that's what it all hinged on. And we didn't have a plan for who was going to keep it clean.
0: Well, I think what's interesting about your book, and I, I think you talk about this a little bit, or at least we, we get the concept of it, is that people always want stuff from their government. Like, they want the roads cleaned. They want the road. They want the schools. They want stuff. But they, there, there seems to be more and more, and I, I talked to people who lived back in the Nixon era, and in the Nixon era, most everyone knew their senators, They knew the names of their senators, which is really weird today because I don't think hardly anybody can name their senators unless you're really into politics like I am. Um, And they knew what was going on in their government. But it seems like today and politics has become, you know, I I think a lot of politicians that don't want a lot of people in politics except for people of power, they've tried to discourage people and be toxic as they can to drive people from the process because they can retain power if they can keep most people involved out, you know, if no one's looking over your shoulder, you can do a lot of fun stuff with yourself and your cronies. Um, but I, it seems like a lot of people these days, they want all the stuff, like, you know, I even argue with people about rule of law and why it's important. And they're just like, well, screw it. let rule of law do whatever you want. And you're like, okay, well, I'll come into your house and just uh, take everything. Is that cool with you? And they're like, no. And you're like, you don't understand how this really works. Did you find that in your experience with the government? Or is that one of the issues?
1: It was even an issue with some of the other people that, had, you know, served on the assembly where they would say things like, you know, uh, they... They were against, you know, government and they didn't want the government to be involved in this and that. And then I, I remember saying to one of the women, I said, well, we are the government. And I'm like, you might be, but I'm not. And it's like, no, this is what we are. I mean, the town, the borough assembly is the representative. We're, we're the people who are governing the town. And, and it's not a bad thing. Like you say, I mean, government is police it's clean it's water that it's safe to drink it's you know toilets that flush the library is open on you know when you go there the door is open when you drive into the snowstorm to go you know bring your kids to the library there's not a sign on the door that says oh didn't feel like opening today um that's all government and um uh there's there's some people that get that but i think when you're watching too much national news or listening to it or being on, you know, in social media groups, you start to think it's all, it's all no, no good. And um, without it, we can't really function. I mean, John Adams, you know, we're, we're, we're a a nation of laws. Yeah. We agree to those laws and we can change them if they're not working for you, but that's how that's the structure. And yeah, I mean, we have a, it's interesting that you say uh, people don't know your senators, I mean, Alaska, you know, we, we call our Senator Lisa. I mean, and oh, wow. everybody even in Haynes, expects that she would know you if you called her up. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know whether she does or not, but she pretends she does. And when she comes to town a couple of times a year is, you know, greets everybody the same, not just the big wigs or the, or the monkey mucks. And um, even Dan Sullivan is a relatively new Senator, but even the guy running against him, Al Gross, everybody knows Al too, Dan, you know, we're we're pretty engaged um, as a as a state, but also um, as as a community, and we expect a lot of our yeah.
0: And you talk about in the book, you kind of get some blowback on social media where you're blocked from a group that's, or I think it's a group or a page that's attacking you, and you mm-hmm. can't like see it respond.
1: <laughs> no, you can't. It, um, it was called Haynes Rant and Rave, and and the page was managed by one of the uh, people who had lost. The, the election to, to Tom and I. And um, yeah, there was just a lot there and and hard things, you know, um, I, I and I couldn't see it. So I didn't know what they were saying, but, you know, you'd get friends that would send you a screenshot. I think when politics gets um, uh, personal, it, get, it gets personal really fast. And so like on, on, on Rant and Rave, there was a call to boycott our lumber yard which, you know, it's it's a small town. We can't afford not, <laughs> not, not going to the lumber yard because uh, they didn't like the decision that I made on, I don't know, funding the police department or something. And so, um, uh, the, you know, I, there wasn't any way to 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 openly fight that because you didn't know what, what they were saying. Wow.
0: Um, and did you, did you yeah, are sorry. you guys the only lumber yard in town?
1: No, there's two.
0: Oh, there's two. Okay. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, that's...
1: You know, that would be
0: funny if there was just one and you're like boycott the lumberyard and you're like wait
1: well yeah there was there was other funnier i mean there's ironic moments all the way through you know because um, and and that i think that gives me hope though i mean at at the same time for instance when one of the rant and rave um people were were particularly uh, going after another uh, assemblywoman a friend of mine on the page and they were really, really going head to head. In fact, she quit uh, the assembly over it. It hurt her feelings so much. Well, when her husband was out of town and there was a blizzard, she had to go down to the harbor to shovel off their commercial fishing boat. That's what they do for a living. And um, uh, the guy who had been targeting her and all those nasty um, posts had shoveled the boat off for her because he's a (laughs) fisherman down there and he saw it. And so he thought, well gee, and so, You know, to me, that's a good sign that that we're not all we're not really who we are on social media. Like we get all caught up and we say this stuff, but we're still decent human beings when it comes right down to it. The guy's in the harbor. He knew John was away. Well, I'm here anyway with the shovel. I'll just do his boat because it's next to mine and and, you know, on the other slip.
0: That's the question that I had for you. I mean, you're in this small town. I mean, in Washington or national politics, the likelihood of, you know, if Ted Cruz says some crap about XYZ guy or whatever, you know, pick your name, uh, you know, the likelihood of those two bumping into each other, unless maybe they're in the Senate and they cross in the hall, is pretty far-fetched. Or like me, I'm pretty sure I'm not bumping into Donald Trump for all the ugly things I've said to him on Twitter. I'm pretty sure him and I aren't going to be like, Passing each other in the aisle fourteen at the local store, but you're you 're in a small town, and what was it like maybe to come across people maybe at the store or the post office or
1: hard i i at one point you know during the height of the recall uh, stuff i i, I didn 't even want to leave my house. I felt ashamed wow. you know i, I, I you know you go to the grocery store and you 're looking at a clerk that you 've just seen something horrible they 've written about you on Facebook or or um, you know, had had written a letter to the editor and signed it, and and then they're like, "Hi, how are you today?" And I'm like, "Oh, great." Great. <laughs> I mean, do you think I don't know what you're saying? But um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that that is really like it was a, a, really a, a challenge for me. But it also, you know, this, this is something for me, because I write about life in Hanes and and real people, and I have for 20 years, and it's like you said at the beginning, things have gone out, you know, far and wide, Um, even though uh, a lot of those places where I've told stories from our community about real people aren't outlets that anybody here would even uh, read or listen to or necessarily know, unless, you know, they're in my family, and like, hey, mom, or, you know, look, you're in Whatever uh, women 's day um, uh I always assume always, and I think maybe this is because of life in a small town that everybody that I write about or everybody that I talk about will read or hear or see what I say, and that that guides my private life and public life it's uh, and and so um, i think I think if if we all did that. <laughs> we we might have a much more civil discourse because assuming that somebody isn't going to see you on the street or assuming that they don't know who your kids are or where your spouse works or whatever, um, where I just assume they all do, <laughs> maybe I'm egocentric, but I, I assume that everybody does. And because of that, I, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to do it, Say anything. Not that I, you know, I'll say stuff that has to be said, but I don't want to do it in such a way that is just a a rant and a shout and doesn't really uh, contribute to fixing the problem or to calling somebody out in a in a proper way.
0: Yeah. That's more productive, too, when you really think about it. I mean, that's the policy that I have. In fact, my policy is I tag whoever's in it that I'm talking crap about because I want them to know. And I, I'd love to hear their response, too, because then I, I get more to crack on. Uh, <laughs> but that's just me. You know what I would do if I would have been you? I would have, like, taken all the nasty posts, especially the people you're going to bump into in public, and I made a shirt or, like, a coat of all of the copies of the posts. And I'd be like, hey, you're right
1: there. Uh, <laughs> you know they do that at the newspaper office. Um, <laughs> there's uh like the wall of shame. They call it. And they have all the little quotes from different people that have said different things at, oh, at like times. That our local officials, you know, these sign. And they, and they, yeah, and they put them all up. And you, sometimes <laughs> if you walk in, and, and they don't, they're kind of on the like the cupboard doors by where the coffee pot is and all the old cookies and stuff. And so. People come into the office; they don't necessarily see it, but if they turn around and start wandering, they might find a name up there saying something really um, uh, silly. But,
0: One of the things that really discouraged me about, uh, uh, it, well, I, about politics and everything else, was I early on in 2016, I. I saw a lot of my friends in the deplorables group. I had a lot of friends that I thought were, you know, they're they're all kumbaya during Obama. We, you know, we're solving racism and helping out, and uh, we're fine with Obama. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, they came out of the racist closet and we're like, yeah. And their post, they were posting just the most heinous things, uh, especially about Michelle Obama uh, and different Photoshop's and, and just real ugly stuff. And I remember... Well, I don't remember. It's still happening. Um, But one of the things that your book displays is how maybe we shouldn't be attacking uh, personally people, like what they look like uh, or their race or their gender um, or, you know, creating these weird things like this person is an alien. Yeah. And we really should maybe just focus on the politics of the thing or the argument of what we're trying to do instead of getting in all this fringe crap and attacking each other personally. Is that, is that a concept maybe?
1: Oh, completely. You know, in in Haynes, it comes down to calling people, you know, um, hippies or rednecks or assuming something about somebody's values just based on, I don't know, the hat they're wearing or the truck they're driving or whatever, where they, um, Uh, you know, what books they like to read. And, and, um, and that's, it's easy to fall into that kind of anywhere, but at the same time, if, if you try to, I mean, it might be kind of Pollyanna to say, but I still, I still believe it. you know, if you, if you try to find what that person is good at, what, what they're concerned about, I think a lot of times we're all, we're all concerned about the same things, you know, I mean, everybody wants their family to be, Healthy. We all want enough to eat. We want some security financially and health care that we know, like, if we go to the emergency room, we're not going to have to sell our house. Um, You know, it's not, we want clean air. Um, Clean water. Yeah, we don't want to be shot in bed. Um, You know, there's there's those things. And so the people that are angry on, on all sides, it's almost like, well, can we just, like, stop all this, like, blame and figure out what is going on and how we can fix it? and um, the problem is is that if we call each other names and we do we say really awful things it's just so hard to go back then and to sit down at a table with somebody who's posted awful racist things and I I mean I don't even know where to begin there but so Mm -hmm. it seems that the trick is is to keep relationships if you can and keep trying to make it better I think of I didn't. This isn't in the book, but I was thinking the other day there was a um, uh, a, a woman who was married to uh, an Episcopal uh, priest uh, in well known in the state of Alaska, and Mildred Besser was her name, and her daughter um, was a, 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 a you know self self identifying lesbian um, a long time ago, relatively, and um, Mildred was you know this minister's wife you know, just darling little woman, super sweet. And she just advocated for um, those kind of rights, you know, the LGBTQ, all of it for, for her whole life. And people said horrible things to her. I mean, wow. legisl- sitting in the Alaska legislature, people would say things about her daughter and her daughter's friends that were just ick, you know, and, and, but Mildred just never gave up. And this is a true story when she was, she was, Mildred on her uh, deathbed is when the Supreme court ruled in favor of gay marriage. And she was, they were literally watching the thing, wow. the TV. And they, they said, Mildred, you know, uh, we can get married now. And you know, they they told their mother that. And, and she said, Oh, good. And she died. <laughs> she was wow. like 90, but I think of her like, cause how, I mean, uh, I don't know. And you, and there's, there's, Lots of people like that, the civil rights movement, you know, how do you just keep, you know, banging your head against some of these things and, and, and not just get so angry that you take yourself out of the game.
2: Yeah. You know? But
1: there's people that can do it and they're, they're saints.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what's good about your book. It gives us a good expose of what this is like, what people can expect when they go into government. And maybe it's a reason why people should change it so that they don't have the same experience you did in the book. And um, the conversation to me, you know, even now I, I'm bad, you know, I think like today I was posting about the fly on Pence's head and, you know, all this stuff and making <laughs> that's jokes. Funny, about.
1: Though.
0: Yeah, it, it is funny. I just, wanted, I
1: just wanted Kamala to just, you know, do like what women do kind of be going like this, you know, Yeah. trying to, try to, you know, I had when someone has food in their teeth we try to just politely, I thought that <laughs> would have been something and, you know, have her gesturing. I, I would have liked to see that from her.
0: I thought it was really funny. The Biden campaign is selling fly swatters now. So oh. there you go. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, you know, it, it, we really need to get back to topics. I think this is why, I think this is one of the reasons that politicians have, uh, uh, really risen to power on, div- on, uh, dividing everybody. And then of course we, we have these conspiracy theories now. So we've, we've kind of gone from talking about the facts, arguing facts and details, arguing what the truth is, the matter to arguing about how, well, you're one of these people, or you're this, or you're an alien from another planet or lizard people, you know, in government, you know, like you see on the, <laughs> on the rags, uh, on the newsstands. Uh, to where now we've taken it to like a whole new level of conspiracy and social media has helped fuel this where, you know, now it's the QAnon and you're part of this, Psh, Illuminati whatever and I mean we're really off the rails when it comes to back to the facts and arguments what do you think about that am I am I am I correct or well, I think I
1: what happens is is people um, dig into their group and then they're in an echo chamber and then it's like loyalty at all costs because the other side has been so demonized and um, that's really it's really hard when you're even in local government when there's a group of people that you knew were your supporters and you know they all weigh in on something that you actually disagree with, um, and suddenly they're 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 more furious with you than the other side was mad at you. You know it, it's it's like I think the art of of government is really one of compromise, and if the electorate doesn't allow the people they vote for to compromise and says you know we're going to recall you if you do or Get you the heck out of there, or we're going to be, you know, with with friends like that. Who needs enemies? And we we we've, we've done that to ourselves. And I don't know. I I'm not sure how we can get out of it, except with um, uh, maybe you know m- maybe there's hope if if Biden is elected and and he generally is um, uh, you know nice to to people who who didn't vote for him or who are Republicans or you know, because I even know as myself, I'm I'm a registered Democrat, and um, when you talk about the Facebook stuff, I uh, there was a guy I know I like him a lot, Joseph. I mean, I see him; he rides his bike around town. We're all friends; we all chat, and he posted this horrible thing on like the Haynes Chatters, the community page about you know what's happening in town today, you know that like how you know Democrats are all evil. Go f yourself. Never. You know, uh, got to get rid of them all, and I, I, I usually don't respond to those things, you know. But I just remember, I said, like, Joseph, I thought we were friends. He's like, we are! Exclamation <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm a Democrat. And he's like, oh, I don't care about you. I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about them, you know. And I'm like, well, when you say things like that, and
2: it, yeah.
1: it, 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 it just makes people go like, what? And and so I, 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 I don't know. I think I think a lot of it goes towards um starting at the smaller problems and not the big national issues and seeing you know getting on a committee to I don't know to turn a, a vacant lot into a park or figure out a better way to feed kids after school or you know, something that doesn't have the, the left and right politics but is more like a neighborhood thing. I know you're yeah. you were talking about homeowners associations and I'm not all that familiar with them, but it seems like no matter what your politics, you could agree on a Christmas food drive for the poor or something. Yeah. But then you get to know somebody and you're not vilifying each other. What we so you, have in Haynes, one of the things that's nice, like what I, I like is I'm a volunteer for hospice of Haines and where we, we don't have a lot of people that are dying at home because we don't have a lot of people, but maybe one or two official hospice clients a year. But mostly we, we take care of elderly people who need help staying at home and, they might not have family here or whatever, and you know you get their mail for them or go to the grocery store, take a walk or go to the pool or whatever, whatever it is, do the dishes, um go to church the different things like that and it's It's always a great way to bridge those divides because our you know for lack of a better term, you know our hippie redneck thing, well, you have a hippie who's taking care of a redneck and they just love each other, <laughs> and they learn. To, it's not about what their preconceived ideas was, but they're just, you know, the human connection is really strong one. And I think if you keep making those, that's that's the way to do it. It's not policy. It's not a big proclamation. It's not even one person. It's on an individual basis. Make sure you're, you know, you're cross pollinating.
0: And this is what I think is great about your book. It shows the arc of all this and. And it's just a microcosm, what goes on nationally. But you can really kind of see this, the story on a very uh, relative level of seeing, okay, well, wow, okay, this is really an issue. Um, let me ask you this, does it come out of laziness? Where, you know, like, I meet a lot of people and they say a lot of stuff and I'll be like, where did you read that? And I'm like, oh, there's some guy spouting it. So I decide on social media. So I said, the Trump is spouting it. So I'm going to just repeat it. And you're like, well, have you ever checked the facts on that? You ever looked it up on Snopes? You ever uh, look whatever. And I've got some friends now that I've trained to do this so well that if I give them some sort of data or information, they go, where'd you get that, Chris? And I go, uh, okay, from WAPO. And you're like, well, where's the link? We got to read it. And th- that's good, though. I want them to challenge me. But it almost seems like it's laziness. And I, I didn't live in the 70s, so I can't validate uh, that people knew their centers. I hear that a lot, and I hear a lot about how people were just more involved, and they understood some of the concepts you talk about in the book. Um, do you think it's more about laziness, and then also maybe people have just become so programmed to – not care about politics because they think it's mostly toxic and their leaders are just pushing them around like chess pieces.
1: I think a lot of it, I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say it's laziness. It's almost the opposite. People are so busy yeah. and they're just trying to get by, you know, yeah. everybody's working or they've got kids or they've got parents or they've got siblings or they've got, you know, there's just stuff to do. And, and we're more and more alienated you know, We're in our car or devices we're not one-on-one with people. And when we do, we're busy. Like, oh, I I can't talk right now. I got to do this. And, um, and I think that's, that's a part of it. And then part of it is the way government hasn't really responded to that busyness. I mean, if you even look at when they say, why do 50% only, you know, 50% of people voting would be huge. Right. And, and, and yet we don't even have that. And why will, you know, election day is Tuesday. Okay. I mean, even all this stuff about how to get an absentee ballot and do that, it's complicated and you got to go online. And what if your internet's down or your kids are calling or it's, and I'm not excusing that so much, but I think it's, I just don't think government has made itself accessible. Mm. And even you look at, you look at the national government. I mean, those people don't look like us. They don't look like America. They're all, they're in I mean, they're in limousines and they their ties and dresses and face work. And, um, and they, they all have aides and people carrying their bags around and um, shopping for them. And it's like, uh, it's almost like the royal family or something. Um, yeah. We're not, we're not like that. <laughs> and so to even to get through to them, you know, you try to email and there's, you know, how many, how many people do you have to get through to? to just get to your representative. And what yeah. you get when you're all done with it, you get this email that just says what you could have read in the paper anyway. It doesn't say, dear, dear constituent, thank you for reaching out to me. This is my position on this. And there's 10 pages and, you know, so what?
0: <laughs> you know, I think you, I think you nailed it on the head because I've been watching the de-evolution of the middle class, um, moving it in into the lower class since the 80s. And there's a lot of documentation on and books on a lot of the stuff. Some of it we talked about on the show, but I think people are just pushed to the point where they can only handle so much. They've got so much on their plate. I always remember that, that uh, if you remember the movie network, I think it was in the seventies.
1: I'm not, not going to take it anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and he, there's this uh, thing that it just always rings in my head whenever we discuss stuff like this, where he goes, he goes, look, man, at the end of the day, I come home tired. I just want my radial tires. I want my TV. I want you to leave me alone and just let me have some peace for five freaking minutes, man. And that I think that's, I think you nail it on the head. I think that's the way a lot of people feel. But sadly, things aren't going to get better that way. And certainly they haven't gotten better by us, you know, going, I'm not going to be involved in politics. I'm not going to pay attention. I'm not going to vote. I'm sure it'll work out. And and I think I think the more that we've disconnected from staying as informed public republic and then and then not voted and not cared and more people you know, I see this on Facebook all the time. People will be like, I don't talk about politics. Politics is bad, people talk about politics is stupid. I'm like, dude, don't don't shame people who want to get involved, who wanna get educated and care. Um that's actually the problem. The people who don't care. Like if we actually had that voting block, the other 50% in America that voted and cared, we would be able to, to come to a majority of probably reason or unreasonability. I mean, it could go either way, really, when you think about it. Uh, but at least we'd have like everybody in, you know, uh, I'm all for like, I, I wish, like, I think it's Iceland or Greenland. Like it's against the law. If you don't vote, like you have Australia to vote.
1: Too. My son lives in Australia and, and they, they actually, um, uh, fine you if you don't vote they take it off your uh you take it off your um you know tax returns or whatever they add it to your 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 income tax if you don't vote
0: good cuz cuz you know the thing the thing that i hate is people who don't vote and then complain i just want to punch them in the face because i'm like seriously like if you didn't if you didn't vote, I don't want to hear from you complaining. Because and 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 so anyway, uh, what are some things that surprised you when you went through the book? Uh, maybe that stuck out, or maybe will stick out to readers.
1: What surprised me? Um, I think what surprised me was how how hard the work is. Um, that that's one thing. You know, the the even in a tiny town like Haynes, with the assembly meeting supposedly every two weeks, but then there was all these committee meetings in between. I mean, it was a For volunteers it was probably 20 hours a week sometimes of of time spent in in meetings in the evenings at lunchtime and and then just our packets for the each assembly meeting would be sometimes 150 pages and there'd be all this stuff like you'd look at sewer and what you know they give you all the information to make the decisions but i you know i'd sit there poring over engineering drawings of a a roll-on roll-off freight dock and it's like i i don't know i mean i hope this is okay uh, you no, know, it's it's like millions of dollars. Does it is it gonna work? Well, this guy says it is, and that guy does. But then someone will come to the meeting and say, "Oh, uh-uh, that's a bet," and you're like, "Is it? Oh, wait, is he right? Because <laughs> we need to know." And you know, there's there's things like that. It's a it's a tremendous amount of time uh, commitment that people who were, um, uh, you know, in at least at the local level. And I can only imagine how how. That is multiplied as you as you, you move up in, in county or state or you know federal government. Um, so there's that. Um, I think um, the other thing that uh, that that surprised me. I mean, I guess I knew it, but it was really reinforced um, when when I was on the assembly. Is that you know the towns our town really runs on our public employees. It's not really the the assembly, I mean, you know, we go in and out every three years or six years, nobody's even served, no. I mean, I think maybe someone might serve 10 years, but then we have every year, you know, we're giving little pins and prizes for employees that have been there 20 years, 30 years, you know, at the library, at the sewer plant, at the fire department, um, public works, you know, that stuff happens even when there's no manager or even when the assembly is all fighting with each other. Like you say, I mean, the roads still get plowed, the lights still go on everything is rolling because people get up in the morning and go to work and they work for the public, but they're often um, criticized or made fun of, you know, they're just lazier. They're not doing this or that, but they're, they're running the town and the decisions that they make are the ones that maybe ultimately might, might have a greater impact on people's lives than the politicians do.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, if, if the roads aren't, you know, I up here in Utah. I spent uh, about twenty years here years ago. Uh, man, if the, if those snow if those roads aren't snowplowed, you're an unhappy camper. And uh, it, it's even amazing to me sometimes on social media, people be like, ah, "We shouldn't pay the government taxes" or something like that. And you're like, "Do you understand how the whole thing works? Like the system of the roads and the highways, and the freeways. Like, and maybe, and maybe people are more entitled today or something. I don't know uh social media seems to be you know before social media people used to do angry stuff in their car and there's this concept of psychology where when people are in their car they kind of think they're in a special bubble that they're not really in the world and they're masters of their own car and i don't know they can do whatever they want scream at people and run people off the road but then when they hang out with each other they're fine and that that concept of psychology seems to be extended into social media wouldn't you say
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean it's a it's such a interesting thing because, you know, I'm a grandma and so I, I like Facebook to see my family, you know, the grandkids, the old friends from college, you know, that you reconnect with. It it seemed it all seemed so wonderful when it first started, especially living in Alaska and having been born and raised on the East Coast. It was like a miracle, you know, all of a sudden I'm seeing all this and And then it just all kind of went south, And now my kids aren't even on there anymore. Like, mom, stay away from that. You know, when they do Instagram or whatever. So now we're just all on a family thread on the phone. We send our pictures just to each other. You know, it's not out public anymore. And that's the same with a lot of my old friends. We're we're just communicating not on social media, but um, through texts and pictures and stuff like that, calling, talking to them. It's like there's been a... Uh, 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 and and now with the with all this election stuff coming, I mean, I mean, you go on social media and it's just wow. It's just it, there seems to be either screaming this way, screaming that way, or then there's always the people in the middle that are either either saying everybody be happy and here's a picture, funny picture of a dog, or um, you know I'm promoting this, so buy this or buy that, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> um, but then for me as a as a writer. Uh, I have a I mean that's the way I connect with a lot of readers and so I can't I don't want to disconnect them because I see that people are lonely and uh, I wouldn't say I don't mean lonely but they yearn for for that communication and there's a lot of uh, especially I think grandparents who that's how they they see each other and that's how they communicate with people like me and so I I want to be aware that there's some kindnesses that, that can happen there, but it's, um, but it's, I I wish in many ways it was never invented. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: gotten pretty dark. We may wish it never was invented. I'm not sure what Twitter's going to do if, if Biden wins because no one's going to go on Twitter for anything. I was almost dead before, before the election. I
1: I haven't done that tweet thing. I have this account, but I don't do it. I, um, I, I think, you know, I, obviously I live in Alaska in a small town, so I like kind of being isolated. I'm, a, yeah. I'm a old school, I listen to the radio. I um, But at the same time, all of my work, everything I do completely depends on, on, you know, electronics. I mean, my editors are far away. Everything's emailed. Like you say, we make videos, we send them out. I mean, so there's this real dependency on it, especially for people like me who live in rural places in the middle of nowhere I wouldn't have a career without being connected um I'm not you know so important that I can write a long hand and mail it to somebody and they will just publish it but um uh it, it's it's definitely a double-edged sword and I'd, I'd, I'd like to see it used better uh for I don't know it seems to bring out the worst in people like you say instead of the best and that's too bad
0: and and I think that's what readers can learn from your book, um, and hopefully they'll learn is is that given this this microcosm that this microcosm that uh, microcosm this microcosm that uh, of really what's happening at national level and how maybe we should be nicer to each other. Maybe we should focus on the facts, not attack each other personally, and. Um, and, and, and really get back to basics, maybe as a, as a populace, as, as a governance of people being involved in politics, people that want to go into politics, giving exposure to that. Uh, a lot of that stuff people can learn from uh, your book, et cetera, et cetera, and maybe take it to heart. Uh, one last question I have for you. I noticed there's two typewriters in your office there. Oh. <laughs> Do you normally write on the typewriter?
1: Oh, I wish. No, these are, this is, these are really cool. I actually have, I think I have five or six There's some under the desk too. Um, uh I, I actually started using a typewriter when I was on the assembly because I was online so much because a lot of the assembly packets are, uh, you know, electronic and there was all this stuff and, and there was a temptation then to fire off an email or a blog or something and say something that I might regret later. So when I get home from meetings, I just type away here and then I have these <laughs> notebooks and I put in a lot of the books. A lot of the book came out of those little journal entries Whoa. that never went anywhere. But I'd have notes, you know. And then the other thing I did, too, just to, again, to get my brain different, my creative brain and my assembly brain different. Like, when I took notes on assembly packets and everything, I did it on the typewriter. And then I could bring the hard copies in, you know, with the things that I wanted to say about different items on the agenda. I can't actually type. I, I'm, a, I'm a two-finger uh, huh. um and so I found it really fun. It was almost like playing the piano going up and down. The, and, and this typewriter, I got this junky one on eBay and, um, uh, and it didn't work and I was frustrated with it but I really liked it after I l- started to look it up. And so then I called, I Googled around and I found a guy named Mr. Typewriter who's in Missouri and he reconditions typewriters. Yeah. And so he talked me into getting, this is a, a Olivetti Lettera, and it was made in 1962. And it's a really nice little typewriter. And then he taught me into getting that one in the back, which is a 1941 um, uh, Royal Quiet Deluxe. That's the same kind of typewriter that Hemingway used. And this is the same one that Cormac McCarthy used. Not the one he used, but the same type. So it makes me feel like I'm part of some sort of tradition. And it's really, really fun if you have... um, when my grandchildren come over, I can put them... That's why I have a bunch of them. I put them on the dining room table. And those kids, they'll spend hours writing little stories. They love <laughs> typing and seeing it. And these are kids, you know, that grew up in school with the iPads and everything yeah. electronic and everything flashing and bells and whistles. But get out the typewriters, and we make little books. I mean, they love it. And so... Um, that's fun. I, I like it. It's And I like. I don't mind if they play with them. It's not like they're some... Uh, that's what they're for. So uh, it's kind of, it's neat. And at Christmas, you know, I write cards on them. I, I'd like to send people notes that I've typed on a typewriter and I don't know. I, I, I play with them, but I, I like it.
0: I, I like them too. I mean I grew up in that era. Uh there's something about that typing a line in the zing of the return. Yeah. You know, <laughs>
2: yep. smacking
0: it and the zing and it goes back and um I don't know. There's something there there's like a it's like a reward at the end of the line. Um and uh it goes up I,
1: and downhill. I mean that's what I like too. Like yeah. we used to these flat little keyboards or just you're scrolling and it's it's definitely uphill and downhill to type. <laughs>
0: So that's cool. That's very cool. Uh, so as we go out, Heather, anything more we need to know about you and your book before we leave?
1: No, I, I, I really appreciate um, having the time to talk with you. I appreciate people reading what I write and sharing it and and really, you know, taken with all of my books. It's kind of, for those of you that are just meeting me, it, it might be kind of fun to start at the beginning and go through and see me go wham, boom wham, <laughs> <laughs>
0: read all my, the books for the my first
1: books you know are like i'm in haynes and i'm in my 20s and 30s and now i'm the the kids that were in my earlier books are now parents of grandchildren that are older than my children were when i first started writing so it's there's a progression and you can kind of get a feel i think for the town and the <laughs> people here and politics and life which is all really mixed up
0: there you go there you go and i I suppose that's the, the metaphor of life, politics and life. What's, what's the old uh, saying? What's the guarantee in life? Death and taxes. So politics <laughs> are definitely in there. Um, so thanks for coming on the show. We certainly appreciate having you on. Uh, and uh, give us your plugs one more time where people find you on the interwebs.
1: Oh, um, uh, heatherlandy.com, really easy. Um, Instagram, I don't know what it's called. I think just Heather Lindy. I'm on Facebook, Heather Lindy. If you Google me, you can find out more than you'd ever want to know. And I'm mm-hmm. also very easy to reach. Um, if you ever get to Haines, you just ask someone and they can find me. But also um, uh, the contact, I answer emails. And, and I'm happy to talk to any book clubs or, or whatever. I'm here. And Zoom makes it really easy nowadays. I don't have to go. home to talk to you.
0: <laughs> there you
1: go. Uh,
0: one final question, if you don't mind me throwing this in. Did anyone ever come to you after you left the office and apologize to all the hateful things they said about you when you're in your office on social media?
1: Um, uh, no. No. Oh, uh, actually that's interesting. But you know that that's also something I learned. You know, in the book that that I have to, you know, and this is politics in life. You know, you just have to learn to forgive the people who never asked for it, and yeah. uh, that's 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 the way to be walking in the world for me anyway. And I will say, I don't, I don't mean to imply that you know they they were mean and didn't apologize. But there there are some things, and, and small towns. In some ways, at least ours is sort of like a, a family a little dysfunction yeah.
2: no they dysfunctional. might not come up they might not
1: come <laughs> up and say they 're sorry, but you know I had one guy that I knew uh, signed the petition. It was particularly not nice to to me and then when my husband and I were moose hunting, we got a, our skiff stuck in the river, and he went out of his way to be as i mean so nice it was beyond nice, you know helping us and pulling the boat out. And, getting us to town and calling the next day did everything work out and you know he never said he was sorry about the way he treated me but i guess i take those little moments as yeah. i'll take it if that's as close as an apology you know as i'm gonna get and so th- i think there's been moments like that people mm. have purposely said nice things to me without mentioning any of the recall and i'll take mm. that as an as apology
0: maybe that's the uh, analogy for america we're just a big dysfunctional family that you know canada sits around and goes jesus christ these people again <laughs> uh we're like the drunken brother of canada that's why i tell my canadian friends i'm like we're like your drunken problem brother we're like the bobby carters and bobby clinton's or whatever i don't know we're, we're the problem child and you guys just have to put up with us you're just like oh my what a war have they started again now um and we're just like we're. <laughs> anyway thanks for being on the show guys you can check out uh heather uh, on, uh, well, you can get her books at any sort of bookstore. Her book is of bears and ballots of is in the title of bears and ballots an Alaskan adventure in small town politics. And, uh, you can check out some of her other books. She has, uh, of course you can get them on the Amazon or other different places, uh, find the good. If you live here, I know your name. That's kind of an interesting book. It's got a big old moose on the front. <laughs> Take Good Care of the Garden and Dogs. It's probably something I need to read. Uh, And uh, check out her books and all that good stuff. And I think this is a good thing for us to give some insight, some
2: reflection on politics. Thanks, Monies, for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time.